Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving iron. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. Marcus with Chip Nelger. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire, helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years. For more information, go to axontire.com. Axon's giving away two great gifts to the loyal listeners of the Moving Iron Podcast. One is a fair, a fair, a pair of deer skin gloves. But I can tell you right now, I can use those gloves this morning, Chip. It's six degrees, a little wind chill out there. So I imagine it's probably negative 42 degrees when I go outside this morning with the wind chill. So I need some gloves on my hands. What's it like up there? You guys getting some? Water? Oh well, I'm not going to complain uh, because we're uh, probably in the low 30s. Had a little bit of snow, but it's mostly melted. Uh, you can keep the single digits. I don't need that until like February. You're up there in the banana belt, man. Look at you. Oh, I know it. It's balmy, balmy up there. <laughs> at first, I thought maybe your lips were frozen. I thought in, instead of pear, you said ferret. I'm like, they're giving away ferrets. <laughs> uh, maybe the maybe yeah. you're out. Uh, Kissing the flagpole or something, and yeah. your your lips were frozen like a Christmas yeah. story. Yeah, I would have been. I, I I can either confirm or deny that I've done something like that in my past life. So, but yeah, they uh, it's cold up here. So, deer skin gloves. You want some of those? Send a marketing. Send an email to marketing at axontire.com, and they will send those out to you. If you want to send uh, me an email at moving iron podcast at moving iron podcast.com, axon tire will pay you the first fifty dollars. Of your registration fee for the first 150 people that sign up for the Moving Iron Summit coming up here in Nashville, Tennessee, September 11th through the 19th of 2023. So check that out. If you're interested in doing that, send me an email at Moving Iron Podcast at Moving Iron Podcast.com. All right, Valley Transportation is in hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800 657 4910 for all your trucking needs at Valley Transportation. Our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and optional pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. Their Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create a connected customer experience 
and transform how you work today. Chip is with Blue Reef Agri-Marketing out of Morton, Illinois. He's nice enough to come on and talk about what's happening in the marketplace. So Chip, how are you doing this morning, man? Hey, doing well, Casey. It's uh, one of those days for Friday. Uh, every every day you, you look and you're like, man, it's Friday already. What happened to the week? So uh, here we are. The markets are flying all over and uh, there's no shortage of things to talk about. That's for sure. Yeah. No, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. So if you're looking at uh, what's going on now, I think wheat is still one of those big contenders out there in the marketplace. That is the silent, you know, carry a big stick and, you know, what is that? Walk softly and carry a big stick type thing. That's kind of what it feels like wheat's doing right now because there's a lot of news associated with wheat right now. So we've got the emergent situation that we see in the United States. We've got a lot of drought-stricken areas, but they've gotten some gotten some rain, but we've still got a long ways to go before we break any droughts. You've got Argentina every week is lowering their wheat expectations. Um, you got Russia that is now talking about um, lowering their wheat export tax. So they're going to look and they're obviously going to start exporting more stuff. And yet India right now is talking about wheat and various other small grain crops that are ahead of where they were last year. So you got a lot of small grain talk right now, a lot of it revolving around wheat chips. So I guess as you look at what's going on in the wheat market, what's your thoughts there? Yeah, um, you know, a little mixed bag, like you said. There's some bullish things out there, but the market seems to be focusing on uh, the bearish news, primarily, you know, the the Russian stocks. But the one thing you didn't mention is we got uh, finally some, uh, you know, clarity on the uh, Ukraine oh, yeah. Yeah, in the, export yeah. corridor. Yeah. So that was renewed, and you know, that's kind of taken as a negative um, as far as the wheat market goes. So we really beat this wheat market up, um, you know, kind of uh, dancing around this eight dollar level on the Chicago wheat contract. We haven't uh, broken the downside of that decisively yet, but the market is just not acting very well. And as uh, the wheat market sold off, it's kind of drugged the corn market. You know, right now, this is um, a little bit concerning in in these grain markets, particularly corn and beans, in the fact that, uh, you know, we're getting harvest wrapped up now. And typically, as you get into the holiday timeframe um, and after the first of the year, you have kind of a seasonal run higher in prices. We're not seeing that. The funds are still long, uh, you know, a fair amount of corn and beans and, um, you know, just not acting like uh, we should right now. So, you know, I think some of it also goes back to uh, a week or 10 days ago when we got the uh, CPI number out and, you know, the the stock market had a huge rally. There's a big sigh of relief that, you know, inflation was uh, cooling a little bit came in less than expected, although still, what, uh, mid-sevens. And, you know, the commodity markets, I think, once that report came out, took the stance that, okay, we are seeing inflation starting to cool a little bit. That also means that the world economy and the domestic economy are uh, going into recession here. And, you know, it kind of let some of the air out of the inflation trade on commodities. And and we've really kind of been a little bit ugly trading since that report uh you know you got crude oil and we've taken uh you know almost ten dollars out of the crude oil market uh you know seen corrections in in uh soy oil that's weight on beans talked about the wheat market really uh, has gotten beat up over the last uh, three or four weeks in here and unfortunately you know seen a little bit of a dead cat bounce here to start uh in you know the overnight trade uh in the grains on a friday but you know we we just need that bullish, uh, kind of lacking that wildly bullish spark to push us a lot higher right now, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's about as many things pushing against you as there isn't. So, um, 
Inflationary stuff. Let's talk about that a little bit and what's your thought there. I mean, the dollar's been getting banged up here a little bit. So we're seeing a weaker dollar. We're seeing um, a lot of other things that are kind of bullish towards the export side of our business. But from an inflationary standpoint, you start looking at some of these reports coming out of you know the EU and, and Japan. And obviously, you don't know, you can't really trust what comes out of China, but they're showing some inflationary standpoints too. Even though the dollar's getting weaker, the inflationary you know, imbalance that you see out there kind of almost kind of knocks the, the weakness of the dollar out when it comes to the export side of it. So I, I guess what are your thoughts on exports as we move into this this kind of key export time of the year? Yeah, it is a key export time of year here the next uh, two to three months. We have seen uh, bean exports remain pretty strong. Corn exports had a good week this week and, and bounced uh, pretty nicely. <clears throat> and, and that goes back to dollar. You know, we've seen that big correction in the dollar um, after the release of that CPI report. Yeah. And you had a muted response in commodities. So it's almost like, uh, you know, it's kind of a weird correlation because you still had, as the dollar was rallying, you still had this inflation money flowing in and strong energy prices, strong grain prices. And, um, you know, it didn't seem like the strength in the dollar equated to the headwinds in our commodities, as you would have thought. And now with the dollar breaking, it's kind of likewise. We haven't seen the support in commodities as you normally would have with that break off the highs in the dollar. So I think it's a case where we've gotten far enough along with the the inflation trade, uh, quote unquote, that now we're going to get very choppy. And, you know, is inflation going to come down? Is it going all the way back to 2% like they say they want it to? Uh, it, was it a one month blip? And then we're going to, you know, be right back north of 8% uh, yeah. in the next report. And so that uncertainty um, I think it's going to cause a lot of volatility in, in these markets and kind of break some of the correlations that we normally would have, uh, particularly the dollar. And, um, you know, it's going to be about uh, GDP and and are we going into recession in the United States? And, you know, the employment report uh, here yesterday was stronger than expected in spite of about, you know, here you hear all these headlines, uh, uh, Google and Facebook and you know, FedEx and all these companies laying off massive amounts of people. And, um, you know, you don't see that reflected in the employment numbers yet. So it's a little bit of a head scratcher out there. I, I think we're far enough along that now the trend, so to speak, is going to get choppy because the interest rates have come, you know, come up. We've got 30-year mortgages north of 7%. The Fed saying they're going to maybe slow the pace of the interest rate increases, but they're going to continue. I think most people think in December they're going to do uh, a 50 basis point increase. And then, you know, it still takes a couple quarters to have all these interest rate increases flow through the economy. So we haven't seen all the effects of it yet from the the increase in interest rates. And, you know, the argument is just like that uh, they waited too long to start raising rates. Now the argument's going to be um, they went too far too fast without kind of pausing to see how it was going to sift through the economy and whether it was going to you know, pull inflation down. And, you know, that's historically been the, the, the case with the Fed um, is they, you know, are late. And <laughs> I think they're probably, you know, it might be nine months to a year down the road, but I think we'll find out. Yeah, maybe we didn't have to go, you know, 600 basis points, six full percent on uh, interest rates in, you know, right. a year. Yeah. Maybe we could have <laughs> eased into this a little bit, but it was an election year and you know you have that whole narrative in there as well and uh, sure. 
Yeah. Um, you know, you can say what you want. Yeah. Inflation came down a little bit. You could argue that it was due to seasonal adjustments, but Hey, it's not 8%, not 8.2% now. It's only 7.7. So, uh, that's great. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know much money the consumer's saving? Yeah. They're only paying 420 for gas instead of five. Right. Yeah. Vote me little, in. Little victories, right? Little victories. Yeah, exactly. All right. Speaking of little victories, um, as you look at the cattle market, what you see happen there, there's some bullish news that's going to come out of this cattle market here more than what we've seen right now. If there, if this report comes out, this cattle and feed report comes out this afternoon and it shows that there's um, less cattle on feed than there was a year ago, that's going to be that's going to be some bullish news for the um, for the price of cattle. I mean, so I guess you should look at that. I mean, we've seen this every year. I mean, every every month, every week. It's just like there's a few more than there was. Sometimes it's right about the same, but it's kind of bounces back and forth, and it's not significantly higher or significantly less, but it's just kind of bounces around there, which is keeping that cattle price up. So I guess as you're looking at cattle, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, you know, sound like a broken record here, um, but I, I do think that there are some good things coming in, in cattle, especially if, and this is a big if, if corn would put a deeper break into it and, you know, ease some of that pain of, high feed costs. Um, seems like 18 plus months now, these cattle on feed reports have been really big and you scratch your head. You're like, where are all these cattle coming from? Well, you know, it's because of the drought. We're liquidating breeding stock. We're, yeah. we're not retaining heifers. There's no pasture. Um, you know, it's a bad situation at a certain point, you know, that's all liquidated. There's only so much breeding stock out there. And after 18 plus months of drought, um, you know, a lot of guys more than 24 months, you know, they're going into the third year of it now. And, you know, at a certain point, there's no more breeding stock left to liquidate. And, and I, we may be starting to see that um, if we can, where the real bullishness is going to come in the cattle market is <clears throat> if we can ease some of the drought can get conditions, get some pasture back, um, you, you know, get, you know, cattle back out on um, wheat. If we can get some moisture out there um, and, and you know, have ranchers retain, start buying heifers and shrinking the supply of fed cattle out there. Um, that's when this thing gets explosively bullish and, uh, we're not seeing that just yet. So, you know, uh, I, I, we're feeding weights pretty heavy. You know, the, I don't track that probably as close as they should, but, uh, some recent data I saw, you know, we're really still feeding cattle, uh, uh pretty heavy. And so we're putting a lot of pounds out, out there. So, that's the headwind. With all that being said, you know, you look out here, February live cattle, 155.37. The, the December is just under 153. And that's a pretty, uh, you know, that's a moral victory right there to have prices up that high. So I think we're pretty fairly priced right now, waiting for that spark. It could be a winter storm. It could be this cattle on feed report that shows decreasing numbers. It could be better uh, conditions, um, you know, in the plains as far as pasture um you know maybe that's this coming spring hopefully if, if we start seeing that and ranchers wanting to put cattle back out uh you know into pastures and repopulate their breeding stock uh you know i think the cattle market becomes wildly bullish <clears throat> um unfortunately the timing of that may be you know coming right into um that that shining light in the tunnel that we're seeing called a recession um and so that might temper it a little bit, but it's hard not to be, you know, pretty wildly friendly to cattle in, in the long run. The thing that derails that is, you know, a, a big, deep uh, recession and which isn't 
entirely possible. So, you know, again, with all the bullishness out there, it's going to be tempered by, you know, how the, how the uh, economy can kind of hold together through this uh, inflation phase. Yeah. So on that, I've been thinking about that on, on that very point, you know, I mean, obviously when, you know, the price of oil starts jumping up, cattle prices come down and we see those kind of things go back and forth that yin and yang there, but just because of the sheer number of, of, of a sheer lack of number, I'm sorry, sheer lack of number in of cattle that's out there on feed. I mean, getting ready, going through the process, how deep has that recession got to be to really affect the, the price of cattle? I mean, it's, the supply is so low. I mean, and demand's still high. I mean, wh- how, how deep has that got to be? Yeah, that, that's always, I, I don't know that uh, anyone, um, even the smartest uh, economists out there can, can answer that. That's always the question uh, because, you know, there is some inelasticity to commodity prices, um, you know, versus what's happening with growth uh, in the economy. People have to eat, uh, you know, animals have to be fed. And so there is some inelasticity uh, on that uh, demand. The scary part about cattle, uh, you know, is, as it always is, it doesn't matter, um, you know, whether it's inflation, no inflation, um, you know, when you start uh, pinching the consumer, it's like, all right, at what point, you know, one of the first things they cut out is the higher, higher cuts, right? I'm not going to go buy a $32 uh, filet. I'm going to, you know, buy a pork chop or, you know, something like that, a lower, lower cut. So great question. I, I don't know that there's a great answer for it. We're just going to have to kind of see how the consumer can hold this together. Um, because if things do start coming back, you know, I mean, that's kind of a, a little bit almost like a like a tax savings or a, or a tax refund, right? You, right? you get gasoline back to three bucks. Well, that's some more money in my pocket, right? Versus 420 that I just filled up for uh, earlier this week. And, and so there's that give and take too. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of moving parts to that. Supply is one thing, how heavy we're feeding them. Uh, how's the consumer hold up? That is always going to be the the question uh, in this thing. And uh, I don't know if I'm smart enough to answer that, Casey. It, it depends on how deep the recession is, uh, you know, how much job loss there is. Are we, is it a, you know, massive high inflation type uh, setback or, you know, the labor market's so tight, you could still have a pretty healthy recession and still not see a, you know, massive spike in uh, in unemployment. So there's, there's, a lot of uh, the story left to be tell- told as far as how um, this inflation, the interest rate increases are, are going to affect the economy over the next two or three quarters in here as we get into 2023. Yeah. I was asking for a friend. I knew the answer to that ship. I was just asking for a friend. So, <laughs> If you figure it out, let me know because uh, that's, that's going to be a key, a key point to this cattle market over the next uh, 12 to 18 months. I just like to keep those things to myself. Oh, I don't really. That way I don't well, it can be a much. it can be no. very valuable information if you think you have it figured out. Yeah, I got it off. Don't worry about it. I got. It. We'll talk about it afterwards. I got it. Okay, off camera. <laughs> off camera. Yeah. Um. Last question. Okay, so obviously you hit on this a little bit too. We're seeing some uh, some movement in pork. You know, it's kind of here, there again. I mean, it gets beaten. It's just one week it's great, one week it's next. First half of the week it's awesome. Second half of the week it's great looking at the pork numbers right now that like we talked about with the price of cattle going up i mean the, there's got to be some support coming in on the pork side yeah i think the pork markets uh hogs are, are pretty fairly priced right now um and i think some of that is because of inflation because of the 
tight labor force because of, uh, you know, the huge spike in lumber that we saw a year ago mm-hmm. and in construction costs, we're not seeing the, um, you know, the expansion of the hog industry like you would expect. And so as a result of that, as a result of higher beef prices, demand's still pretty good. And our exports have been really good. Now they've cooled off a little bit. Um, you know, China's still in, in the market, but not to the massive numbers that they were, you know, nine to 12 months ago. But I, I think the hog market's pretty fairly priced in here. We didn't see the expansion. Um, you know, the, the consumer uh, demand still should be there. We talked about how that might maybe um, hinder, you know, the top end cuts on the beef side, but it should actually help on the pork side. And so I think the hog market's pretty fairly priced in there too. We haven't seen the expansion for two years straight because of high costs and in tight labor markets. And, you know, you look out here in the summer months and I mean, we're coming out of a period here in the third quarter where we usually have, you know, pretty poor prices as far and big supply. We got through that with flying colors. And now as you look out into, you know, the first half of 2023, especially into spring and summer, this thing could be explosively good, especially if you can get some, um, you know, cheaper meal prices, cheaper corn prices. So this thing could get really good into summer. Um, doesn't mean we won't have breaks in there. We've seen twelve, fifteen dollar swings in the hog market in here. The funds like to, you know, throw their weight around and, and push this thing around at times. So I'm not saying that it won't. It's going to be a straight up ride to new all time highs in hogs, but uh, I think that we've got some pretty. Uh, bright a pretty bright future ahead of us going into uh the first half of 23 for for the hog producer out there right now right on all right chip good stuff as usual man folks want to reach out to you and get more information about what it is you're doing over at blue faggot marketing what's the best way to do that well casey best way just give us a call 309-550-7213 uh we'd love to chat with you it's always uh treacherous out there but the next uh the next 12 to 18 months i think are going to be uh really challenging in agriculture so Love to chat with you. Yep. Now I think you're probably right. There's a lot of a lot of moving parts here that are going to come together and or spread apart one too. So <laughs> hopefully the hopefully the Swiss watch doesn't just blow apart and the gears fly out. That's yeah. That's my hope. Yeah, that's true. Chip, appreciate you being on the podcast, man. You bet. Thanks for having me on. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC, LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast. Check out the video version of this on the Moving Iron podcast youtube channel which is called the moving iron podcast youtube channel so check that out anything moving iron related go to moving iron llc.com you can see the entire library of the moving iron podcast all the blog posts as well as all the information for the moving iron summit coming up here in nashville tennessee september 11th through the 13th if you want that 50 dollars rebate send me an email uh at moving iron podcast at moving iron podcast.com and i'll make sure that you uh that axon gets you that 50 dollars discount so with that i am casey seymour with chip nellinger smooth smart folks out. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. 
Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's IronComps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving higher in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving higher time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here.